Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto. I am your host Octavius A. Newman. I am the founder of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my co-host, the man Adam Kareem Abdul Jabbar <laughs> Tetris. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't expect that. Hey, expect you never that. know which way I'm going to come. I didn't expect you to f- use my full name on the show. I figured that we've gone this many episodes, it's time people yeah. know who you really are. Cast out of the bag. Yeah. Cast out of the bag. Yeah. I have a very excellent vertical leap. Yeah. And I can see the resemblance. <laughs> yeah, good. You know? Good, good. That's you, the beauty. You and your bar are, uh, That's the beauty of radio. Splitting uh, of, of Of doing a podcast is no one really can prove that wrong listening to this right now. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to abide by that. <laughs> just go with it. Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> you like you sound just like people at home are like, wow, huh? Uh, oh hey, we're back. We're doing a one shot today, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, you want to uh, you want to give a quick primer for anybody who does not remember what a one shot is? All right. If this is your first time listening to Comic Book Junto, get with it. First, welcome. If, is this your first time? Welcome. Second, get with it. So you're going to welcome people and then you're going to cuss them out. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> welcome in. Sit down. What took you so long? I got something to say to you, but also welcome to my home. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you, this is your first time, basically what Comic Book Junto is, is this is a place where we just talk about geek stuff, geek culture, geek pop culture, which can go all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and a one shot in geek culture when it comes to comic books is talking about a standalone issue of a comic book. So you may take Batman, for example, or Deadpool, for example. And Deadpool can have an ongoing comic book, and he's on issue number five, let's say. But somebody might go, hey, I have an awesome Deadpool story that I want to tell. Beginning, middle, and then complete, done, and then that's it. Yeah. So one shot is a comic that is just that. Beginning, middle, and then done. Yeah. So when we do a one-shot episode, we're just jumping in and going, hey, we want to talk about this. And this doesn't necessarily go into the normal narrative of the regular episodes, but we're just kind of doing what we want to do. And we often do these on movie reviews. That's right. We, we did a one-shot on Star Wars Episode Seven. Yep. We did a one-shot on Hateful Eight. Yep. So it seems to reason that we should do something with the number nine in this one. Hmm. But we <laughs> we done messed up <laughs> because we we don't have that. But what we I are, didn't even put that together just now. Yeah, same. Actually, as I was leaving my mouth, I was like, "Oh no, man! Shoot, what could we have even done that has a nine in it?" I have. I, I don't even know. I don't know. It's like we got to wait a few years and do Fast and Furious Nine. Yeah. Well, that's the cool <laughs> thing about doing a podcast. You don't have to follow any rules. You can do whatever you want to do. That's true. That's true. And I don't need anybody telling me what I need to do. Here in this room, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want. Right. And what I want to do is talk about The Revenant. Yes. The Revenant. And the cool thing about um, <clears throat> geek culture is like when you go to Comic-Con, like one of the things Adam and I were talking about when we first started this podcast, full disclosure, it was comic books. Yeah. But we started saying when, when you look at geek culture, if you go to Comic-Con, it's not just comics. It's a lot more than comics. I mean, like I think the influence of comics is all over the place. Yeah. It's a lot more than comics. So it's it, hip hop. Yeah, it's toys. It's movies. Yeah, cartoons. It's, it, it makes sense to encompass all of the. These are the conversations that you and I are having anyway. Yeah. So or know. the conversations that we're trying to have, but we keep hushing ourselves because the <laughs> okay. mic's not hot. Okay. So Octavius <laughs> has me on like some kind of like non-disclosure agreement. He's got me on an trying, NDA. Man. 
I didn't sign anything. First of all, <laughs> second of all, uh, I'm, he comes into the building. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a conversation. We know we're going to get into this conversation. Yeah. I'm making small talk. I'm like, Hey, Octavius, you read uh, old man Logan. And he's like, shush, 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 shush. <laughs> like, uh, so you watch that new Batman movie. He's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> save it. Gotta save it. We can't talk. You got to give it to the people. Well, look, man, you know, yeah. we're, we are putting our friendship on hold until the mics are hot for you people. Yeah. So leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, because okay. otherwise, our, our, this is all for naught. This all is, for naught. This is a relationship, guys. We're, we're, two, we're two people who care about one another. We're doing this right. for you. Yeah. And you, gotta, you have to validate our decisions <laughs> by leaving five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know we're doing the right thing. Please. 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 Uh, let's, uh, let's move into it. Um, the movie. Yes. Revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the director did Birdman. It's uh, yeah. uh, Alejandro Inuritu. Thank you for pronouncing it. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I would have got it wrong. I think I'm getting it wrong. Like, I know that I have no, like, vocal flair. The speak. internet will correct you. I'm, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Thanks, internet. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like saying his name. I just like saying his name. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Inuritu. Uh, that's a good name. And uh, I saw Birdman, and I want to say that might have been the first movie that I saw that he made, and I could be overlooking something. But I saw Birdman, and I thought it was a really peculiar movie, and it was a really interesting movie. Yeah. And I walked out of Birdman, and I remember my initial thought was, how do I feel about that? I thought Birdman was really, really good. But I wasn't sure. Like, I, I knew you that weren't I, sure that it was good? I knew that I liked it. I knew that I liked it. I just didn't know how to articulate why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and going into The Revenant and thinking about, like, I'm, okay, I'm unlike you. I've watched the trailers, mm-hmm. so I know what I'm walking my, uh, myself into. I know this is going to be different from Birdman. Yeah. And I'm thinking, uh, how is it possible that this director is going to show me a similar experience? Well, uh, I saw, I, I have seen, I did see one trailer for The Revenant. But like I said, like my rule after that one trailer, I'm done. I'm going. Did it have did it have the bear in it? Didn't know anything about the bear until the what? Freak, until the freaking internet told me. Oh. Really? Yes. Oh, look. That's a shame. Let's talk about telling. Spoilers. Yeah. Explain spoilers and Yeah, the, yeah. So spoilers for the uninitiated. A spoiler is when <laughs> Someone shares plot information about a movie, about a game, about a book, about a TV show, a comic, any story, really, where uh, somebody shares uh, information about that story that you did not know, you were not previously aware of, right? And it is now spoiled for you. the 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 in the initial engagement that you would have with that information mm-hmm. has been spoiled because someone just kind of told you, like over lunch, yeah. Or they yeah. told you without asking if you wanted to know. Yeah. Because they're so excited about what they saw that they can't not tell everybody in the whole lunchroom yeah. about what happened. Right. Exactly. So spoilers and people who, uh, whether accidentally or jerkly. Yeah. Jerkly, a.k.a. deliberately <laughs> deliver spoilers. Right. It's Man, that's just frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to go. I know why you don't watch a lot of trailers because you want to walk in with an open mind. You want to be told a story. You want to yes. experience it right then yes. and there. Right. Yep. But uh, 
that's what I want. I want to go into a theater and experience all of the surprises and all of the dramatic turns. And, and I want to experience all of that as it was meant to be delivered to me. Right. Not from the dude at the gym who spoiled literally the entire plot of Star Wars Episode Seven, like in between bench presses. Like, first of Somebody all, did that to you? First of all, check your breathing. Okay. Check your breathing. Yeah, because you got about a good 135 to... <laughs> I don't know how much you're lifting, yeah. but you might not be lifting right. I'm saying like, if you can tell me the plot of Star Wars and you're on rep three, yeah. this weight's too light. Yeah, and by you the way... You playing around. Don't even ask me to spot you. No, nah, because you're going to have to deal with it. I'm going to walk away. I'm gonna, he's just like, oh, man, that thing about Chewbacca. I'm gone. And I'm he's out. struggling. <laughs> you a little help? You should have thought about that. Sorry. Hey, you the thing about Chewbacca, huh? What's that thing about Chewbacca? I'm shouting from across the room because I don't want to hear. What's him that thing point? about Chewbacca? <laughs> oh, you can't tell me because you got 135 pounds on your throat. Yeah, that happened. That happened. But uh, it's 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 bothersome, and I understand that people want to share what they think about things. Everybody wants to have a conversation about how they feel and what they saw, and uh, it's that's that's something you need to check. I think people need to be or need to try to be more considerate. Yeah, when Consider they think about it. when they think about someone else's view and experience, rather right. than having to uh, pair up your own. You know what's been a difficult uh, obstacle for me with spoilers? Tell me, catching an Uber. Hmm? I saw Star Wars. I'm walking out. I, I I get an Uber, and I'm with my buddy. Right, and we get in the back, and immediately we're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" And then one of us was like, oh, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hold up." Uber is being driven by a guy who probably hasn't seen Star Wars yet. Uh-huh. I don't want to spoil it for this guy. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll be quiet. Man, I think it's, like, for me, it's just consideration. And, you know, we should probably have a spoilers, like, topic of discussion. But for me, here's my thing. I almost have, like, a code. If you, My wife, tell me what happens. No. Yeah. No, 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 just tell me. No. Yeah. Like, I won't do it. Like, it, it's hard. Like, sometimes when I do tell her, I'm cringing because it's like, just just watch it. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like I'm stealing from somebody. Yeah. You know? So, but it's, like, it's consideration. Her, her, her uh, experience is different, right? Like, she's... Right. I mean, maybe... She actually, like, for her, the joy is, she'll tell me, I like when you tell me stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man she's like i like when you tell me stories and i'm like well babe why don't you just come with and watch it she's like i mean it's the same thing <laughs> like i'm looking at her my the veins popping in my throat like it's not the same thing you walk out of revenant and she's like i it would have been better if you had just told the whole thing just tell me what happened i would have been cool if you, your voiceover had basically just described the plot right. of the movie as the movie was happening right I would have liked that, Octavius. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. but she's she's different. But yeah, I won't I won't tell people just out of consideration because I want them to have the same amount of joy. Yeah, that I have. Yeah, so it, that that's uh, you know even something that seems kind of superfluous to be spoiled in a trailer, like that's a moment that was taken away from you that you did not get to experience uh, within the context of the, the buildup, like what the director was intending. Right. Um, given that in this conversation. We are entering into spoiler territory. Yes. We are going to go head first into talking about plot details and characters and, and reveals and it, basically everything that happened in the movie The Revenant. If you have not seen the movie The Revenant, I would pause this, 
go buy a ticket. It's in the theater still, right? I believe so. It should be. It, be- it deserves to be. Well, if this is in the future... Yeah, okay, all right. If this if you're listening to this in the future and you haven't seen The Revenant, figure well, it out. The future out. is now. Figure it out. Now. The future now. is now. The future now. is now. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. That's a good lesson to learn, I guess. Uh if if you still haven't listened to it and it's in the future, it's it's like 2037. Pause this masterpiece media. Right, cuz I know it's hard cuz you you're waiting with bated breath. Put your Zune away. <laughs> And, uh, like, get a hollow Netflix and watch The Revenant. Yeah. Because you deserve to see that movie. It was, it was an excellent movie. And now that I have said that, we are entering into spoiler territory. Yes. Now, one of the questions I like to start with when it comes to movies is gut reactions. Okay. Just, just your gut kind of knee-jerk thoughts there was a lot of gut reactions and a lot of knee jerks throughout this movie mm-hmm. i was like oh yes ah yeah oh no yeah 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 that was basically like this whole movie was gut reactions and knee jerk mm-hmm. reactions um walking out of this movie right i thought that was one of the most incredible survival stories i've ever seen in my entire life i've never in my life seen a movie in which i saw somebody go through more uh, more more horrible circumstances mm-hmm. and somehow like drag and crawl and 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 make his way out of it and i mean like way worse for wear right this was not yeah. a situation where somebody smiles pretty. at the camera and you're like man that guy's teeth are too white no this is a movie yeah. no this was something where you're like that that person is dead there's just absolutely no way that person is not dead right. and then they would persevere and you'd think like what mm-hmm. how is this Mm-hmm. I had very visceral reactions mm-hmm. to this movie. I, I loved it. And also I thought, uh, wow, that was very long. That was very, very oh, long. Oh, really? And I, that, that struck me because I thought, you know, the length of the movie wasn't bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. It just helped me kind of understand how much this person endured. Like, you came a long way. Leonardo DiCaprio goes a long way, gets throughput, a lot of fire. Yeah. Uh, and I think the length of the movie sort of reflected what that endurance was like. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It was one of the first times I thought, you know, the runtime of this flick actually reflected like a certain aspect of it, that endurance. Yeah. I loved it though. I really yeah. loved it. And I know I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Now, what about you? What'd you think? Gut reactions. Um, you talk about watching it again. Now we talked about the hateful eight mm-hmm. and one of, one of our reaction was I'm never watching, I'm not this watching again. that second time. No, you no. Know? Um, now that I think back on it, I actually might want to watch it again <laughs> now that I've had some time for it to digest. But that's a gut, re- gut reaction versus, you know, a process yeah. thought. My, my, my gut reaction when the movie was over was, Ugh. like, I just, like, I, I could actually breathe again. Because yeah. it's like I was holding my breath the whole time. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. You know, a movie, Shell shock. a movie that just grabs you by the throat and goes... Come with me for the next two hours. Yeah. It's not a movie where you're checking your phone, you're looking at your watch, you're figuring out, okay, what, you know, what did, did I leave, you know, the clothes in the washing machine, you got to put them in the dryer, like none of that <laughs> stuff. It like the whole time I was in, you yeah. talk about being in or out, like there's some movies that are, I'm, I'm out. I'm just, yeah. I'm kind of like getting through it. Mm-hmm. I was in the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as 
like the storytelling, I love a good story. One of the things I told you about, you know, or everybody listening, if you haven't listened to our, um, is the episode when we talk about Star Wars and I say how I feel about Star Wars? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, But anyway, yeah. go back to listen to our other, other, other uh, podcasts. I was saying how when it comes to Star Wars, I was like, or when it comes to movies, it's like, who are you and why do I care? Yeah. Like, I, I don't owe you my attention. Mm-hmm. It made me care about all these characters. It made me care about Leonardo DiCaprio's character, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's character, mm-hmm. um, the young that, kid. Uh, like, Hugh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Hugh Glass. Okay. Real person, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy plays John Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, it, it, this was it was inspired by reality. So, like, that's another facet of this too. And I knew this going into it. I'm not sure if you you, you knew did. this. This was inspired by true events. And, and I say inspired because you know, there's nobody was following every moment of this. Nobody mm-hmm. actually knows how this mm-hmm. went down. But Hugh Glass went through a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, uh, I kept thinking to myself, like, the, you know. Even if the circumstances were not the same, even if it wasn't the exact same, like, movie perfect, like, you were betrayed by this person who was on your side. Right. Tom Hardy is, is like a turncoat and tries to kill Leo. Yo, Tom Hardy, okay, let's, listen, all right, let's talk about some of the Well, like, well so, like, even, even if this, th- those things didn't happen exactly as they were depicted mm-hmm. in the film... These people still dealt with this these conditions. Yeah. This is what the world looked like. Like the the conflict between indigenous people and white settlers. Like mm-hmm. this is what the world looked like as far as I can reason. Well, they did a good job of setting the scene to help you understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um and like like shout out to the director he didn't have the, you know, the indigenous people look like white people. Mm-hmm. The indigenous people look like indigenous people. You're saying you know this saying? was not like a gods of Egypt situation? Yeah, I was intentionally trying not to say the name <laughs> of that movie because I didn't want to give it any more. <laughs> we're going to have to watch this. We'll, we'll beep it out. We'll beep it out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to watch this movie anyway to talk about it just so I can come on here and talk about how I feel about it. When we see that movie... The the movie that shall not be named. Right. We're just gonna have to censor out every time we say the name. That's if we actually did that, that would be very funny. I think we're gonna have to keep I'm keeping that in my back pocket. But gotcha. go on, go on. Um yeah, yeah. I mean like the the brown people look like brown people. You know? It looked genuine and like the actual environment that they created. I mean, it's cold in Philadelphia, or mm-hmm. it was cold. We just had a blizzard a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. You can tell these people are in pain. It's freezing. You can yeah. see Leonardo DiCaprio's lips look freezer burned. Yeah. You know, his teeth look rugged and disgusting. You yeah. know, like the makeup artists, whoever did that, the costume design. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff that really, really jumped out at me is the tracking shots. Yeah, you mean yeah, those continuous shots where yeah. there were no cuts. Right. So, Inuritu, that's like, you know, that's his steez. There was great. that was almost entirely Birdman. And that was, you know, that was I think uh something that was very interesting about Birdman because it was very claustrophobic. We spent all the time following the characters yeah. in a theater, like yeah. this this closed corridor. Yeah. But the battle scene in the beginning of this movie in the beginning of Revenant mm-hmm. and having the camera just follow one like a character for a little while and then pan around and no hard cuts. How did that make I, you feel? How was white knuckle in that? Because you know, knowing that that's the, what I meant. Like it, 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 cause the thing, I think when you think about it, 
cuts give you it's like oh oh here's an example it's like eye contact okay so imagine someone locks eyes with you and doesn't look away yeah yeah so it's kind of like the camera locks eyes with you yeah and it just doesn't give you a cut to kind of reset yourself yeah exactly and you don't want to blink yeah. because you're afraid you're gonna miss something and it gave me that sensation that you know, this is what the camera wants to show me right now but there are things happening out of range right now yeah i don't know what's behind me yeah i don't know what's through the side of me it, it was almost as if like getting the rpg getting the effect of like a, a, a 3d first, effect yeah like a first person shooter kind of thing yeah yeah i was i was really i was really into that and i i'm happy that that didn't carry throughout the entire film mm-hmm. it was only during like certain scenes yeah. but those scenes i think were elevated because i felt i felt very much like i was there i was very a part of it uh, just like the rest of the film, I felt danger. I felt mm-hmm. uh, the 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 room. I felt the dirt. I felt the tree blow up. I, I, felt, I felt the cold. Yeah, like the the uh, the director has gone on record and said he he wanted to make a movie where you 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 could feel these things, right? Yeah, and he would show you these things, and they weren't just like oh that's pretty, right? You like they, it meant something. Like it, and if an explosion go, this is no diss. We all, I mean, this is a geek, this is a geek podcast, so you know we love you know, comic movies. Mm-hmm. But when a building explodes in, you know, Man of Steel, you don't feel that. No. No, 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 no. But when a bear attacks Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. That is different. <laughs> Yo, that's probably some of the most intense, like, violence that I've ever seen in a movie that actually made me wince and go oh gosh yeah oh my goodness yeah like now let's just clear this up the internet told me before i watched the movie (laughs) no the internet told me i know it's coming that there was a bear rape scene yes yeah that leonardo dicaprio got raped (laughs) by a bear Uh, and this and i said internet (laughs) first of all this nobody asked for you this rumor was started by someone who saw the film and wrote an article and had some very poor word choices in phrasing what had taken the place Mm -hmm. it's like in describing that scene and how visceral and gruesome and brutal it was had had opted to use some very ill-conceived phrases and everybody reads this and is like he gets raped what Mm. and then it spreads around it spreads around all over the place on the internet i i stumbled across an article that that, like i kid you not the article said the title of the piece was Leonardo DiCaprio is not raped by a bear in the upcoming film, The Revenant. Right. And I thought, what world is this? <laughs> where, where this is... This like, wait, is, why are you... Why, why is this even something that needs to be clarified? Like, can I say that I feel like that, that title could be the title of any piece featuring Leonardo DiCaprio? I'm like, <laughs> I would hope that's not the case. And But, but, if, but see, now here's my thing, though. <clears throat> As a fan of stories... That now, of course, I didn't click on the link or anything like that. It's something that I saw, and I was kind of like, "No, he didn't." You know, like in my mind, yeah. I was like, "This no, just dismiss." Yeah, I just dismissed it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but a part of my mind was like, "Well, if he had been, I don't think that that's something I want to see." But 
I guess I'll let the storyteller tell me the story. Like, <laughs> question mark? I wonder dot, if... Dot, dot, dot. Hey, like, uh, Inuritu was, like, seeing that and be like, what? No, that I didn't do that. That's now, not. here's the problem. And again, we've said spoilers. We've said spoilers. But I saw a bear scene coming. Yeah. Yes, you did. Had I not seen the bear scene coming, it would have been even that much more... Kind of like, yo, what's going on? Especially because it, it takes uh, Hugh Hugh Glass, the character, by surprise because he was, I think he he was uh, he was looking over at the cub. Mm-hmm. There's a bear cub, and he's like peeking over at it, and he's hunting. Yeah, you know, and he's just trying to make sure he can procure some meat and some some uh, some furs. Yeah, to take care of his son and the rest of his camp. And uh, yeah, I, what I what I assume is like, you know, Mama Grizzly just nope. Man, not my cubs. Nope, nope, Got nope. The wrong one. And that's she's a know, black bear. You know them black bears don't play about their babies. This was this was after the battle scene uh, that that had me like, totally captivated. That uh, the long uh, continuous shots in that battle scene. So you know, but already very early in the movie, we have established that this is going to be a tense ride. Like, yeah. This is a lot of things are going to happen to these characters. You are going into it with them. Like they're gonna get buried, and they're you're you're getting buried right next to them. Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna be a part of this entire experience, and it didn't really let up. Even the moments where it was a little more calm, and it was just a character just kind of like going from here to when there. Was that? Like when was what, that? Part? I mean, like when somebody. What I mean to say is when, <laughs> when did that happen? When someone was not being attacked by a bear, even when bears. Oh, you were mean not when you're there. diving in freezing cold water trying to avoid? Whew. They like people Being shooting seen at by you. The native people. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this this was it, it was a really physical involved movie, mm. and you're right. My, my my feeling when I got out of this was like a, I, I could finally take a breath. Yeah, like I had been holding my breath the entire time. You know, I had a similar experience with Mad Max Fury Road. Oh really? At the end of Fury Road, I was like, <gasps> Whoa! What? What was that? What just happened? Yeah. Um, because there was, it was, there was so much taking place. There was so much action in front of me. It didn't really let go of me until the credits started rolling. Right. Um, of course, this is a totally different film than Mad Max Fury Road. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I loved it. I, I, I mean, I'm going to think about it for a long time. It, it felt very iconic. It felt like I was watching a movie I'm going to think about for a long time. Like this is, speaking of that, this is going to stay speaking of that, um, what do you think? This is another question I like to ask myself when I watch uh, a movie or when I consume some sort of like artistry. What do you think the storyteller was trying to tell us? Like, what do you think he was? What 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 message is he trying to get across? I, I I got I got two messages from this movie. One is a statement on the human spirit, like. When you feel as though there is something that you must do or it is not your time, you are going to get through this. You are going to persevere through this. I think this movie was making a statement on how much a person can endure Mm -hmm. if they decide giving up is not an option. Yeah. Right? And when you set the stage with... Hugh Glass basically being killed, be um, all of his like clan, his his uh, uh, settlers and and group members trying to take care of him, but he's dead weight. He's slowing them down. Yeah, he's like so the so the bear has like mauled him to the point Wrecked of him. he can't speak. Yeah, I mean, it, like when you see this scene, you're like, 
wait, we're like 20 minutes in. Are they about to kill him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like he can't possibly come back from this. Yeah, and logically, logically, people who are trying to survive and take care of them themselves, I don't fault uh, Tom Hardy's character for thinking, I want to get out of this. Now, okay? great. Okay, awesome. So let's, let's talk about so, Tom Hardy's character. So that's, so that's the, I think that's the, that's the one where you're like, yeah, this guy's a jerk, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt like extenuating circumstances. So, uh, wait, what do we say? His name was John Fitzgerald in the film. John Fitzgerald is in the company of these settlers, and and they're, uh, uh, I believe this was in Canada, and they're they're traveling around. They're taking care of themselves. They're mm-hmm. you know they're trying to avoid contact. Were they like picking? With, up, were they getting furs? Or yeah, something? They're, they're 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 getting furs. There's so it seems this, like, like they hired these guys. Each of these guys has a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring these guys out to go get these furs. Mm-hmm. In the process, they're attacked by the native people. Mm-hmm. They lose a lot of their furs. They lose their ship. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems like mission is bunk. We got to get out of here. And, and you have guys that are going kind of like, well, look, we came out here to get this money. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this isn't, we're, we're not taking a vacation. If we lost all the furs... We need to just cut our losses and go home. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to wake up another day and try that again. So I forget exactly what happened, but I think Leonardo DiCaprio's character was kind of like the navigator, the guide, the kind of person who showed them how to get around. Right. And they had they needed him. Yeah, and they have this kind of discussion of do we like, how do we handle, how do we deal with this? Yeah, and some of them are thinking, you know, uh, uh, Tom Hardy's character, he's thinking we should put him out of his misery. He's dead weight. He's holding us back. We're right. not going to get back any sooner to our homes. We're not going to get any money. He can't talk. So we should, look, look he, he positions it, even though I think very early on he kind of reveals himself to be a little grimy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, he a posi- polite, that's a polite way of putting it. He positions it as saying, like, well, let's just, you know, put him out of his misery. Right, it's it's, it. it's the right thing to do. It's the kind thing to do. It's like it's like a it's like a it's merciful. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like the 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 movie, the storyteller does a good job of letting you know this guy's in it for himself. Well, maybe that's because he is decide. John, uh, John Fitzgerald decides. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna kill him. Like I'm not gonna wait for anybody to give me permission. I'm just gonna kill him. And Leo's son who is uh, 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 a Native American, mm-hmm. uh, sees that this is going on. Hawk. Hawk. Sees that this is going on and flips out and says, no, 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 you can't do this. And uh, John Fitzgerald, Tom Hardy, kills him. Kills, kills the kid. Him. Right. Kills the kid in cold blood, like, don't, don't tattle on me. Now, now, again, Leonardo DiCaprio's character can't speak. Yeah. But he watches the whole thing go he's down. He's conscious. Yeah. He sees it happen. He's, he can't move his limbs, can't get up, can't stop it. Just wa- He probably doesn't even have enough strength to blink. He's just looking at it, watching yeah. the whole thing. And, and let's, like, I, just, oh I have God. to get into this acting performance. With grunts, moans, and growls, Leonardo DiCaprio communicates everything. Yeah. His, through his eyes. Through, I mean... Like you feel this guy watch his son yeah. be killed. Yeah. You know? And Leonardo just kills it. And the relationship uh I think it's important to note the relationship between Leo and his son. Yeah. It seems like there is a lot of very strong resentment. 
toward around his it, son. Yeah, toward his son because here, here you have a, a bunch of white dudes roaming around in the mm-hmm. in in the woods in the forest in in Canada, and Leo's son, this kid that they're trying, Leo's trying to protect, right, is a Native American. Right. Uh, E.g. to these white dudes, like the enemy, like these are the people who are coming after us. Yeah. These are the people who are trying to take our scalps. Like, yeah. you know, it, they're afraid of these others. Right. Then you hear you have your leader who's protecting uh, one of them. Now, right? is, so there's is, there's a lot of like friction in that relationship. Now, I didn't get was he did he adopt this kid or did he have this kid with a woman like with a Native American woman and yeah, it you know it seemed to me that. He had, he had this this child with a Native American woman because mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of there were a lot of scenes in which there was like a spirit world, yeah, or like either a recollection or a dream like place, um, and there were a lot of visions of a village that was burned down, mm-hmm. like completely destroyed, which I think uh, strikes me as. Something that had taken place where Leo's character, Hugh Glass, was discovered to be, like, among these people. Yeah. And a bunch of people came and, and uh, like, pillage this village. And uh, Hugh Glass sees his wife die, I presume. Mm-hmm. His wife is dead, the mother of the kid. And he takes the kid and he's like, I'm, I'm taking you out of here and I'm going to protect you. Right. And this whole world got torn apart and burned asunder and I'm going to protect you. Yeah. And uh, I think Tom Hardy's character had brought it up. He's like, hey, when that village got burned down, how come, how come we found you just walk out? Like, well, how, how, how were we able to see you just like waltz on out of that place as if nothing happened? Mm-hmm. What were you doing there? As if he was kind of like insinuating. Well, you could, Tom Hardy had had it in for them because I think that they caught him and scalped him. Yeah, because you see his character's heads all messed up. Yeah, so he had a bad experience with these people, and he's like, "Man, I ain't. Yeah, I'm not for these dudes." So there's already this resentment. There's the, there's this tense relationship between you know Hugh Glass, his son, and 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 the rest of the party, rest of the yeah. like the the foragers for what it's worth. But you know, no one had ever brought it to a level that Tom Hardy's character brings it to, where he was saying. I'm just going to kill the the kid, and also I'm going to kill Leo. Right, because uh, he had been tasked yeah. by the leader of the group, and he was going to be paid by the leader of the group to stay back with yeah. Leonardo's char- uh, mm-hmm. character. That's right. So, you know, not only is he dishonest in killing him, he's dishonest in killing his son. Yeah. You know, he's getting paid for it, and he lies to the other guy, mm-hmm. the other young kid, uh, Bridger, mm-hmm. who's with him, and says, oh, yeah, you know, Hawk ran off, yeah. and, you know... Like, I heard, I heard uh, Native Americans come in and I let's ran. go. We gotta get, let's out, get of out of here. Yeah, don't ask questions. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> so I mean, the thing, the thing, the thing I'm thinking about when I when I look at that is, um, when you're between a rock and a hard place, it's never easy to make those decisions. But you still have to have honor. Yeah, you know, I don't think that, you know, Tom Hardy's character is. A situation where it's like I was stuck and I had and I was pressured and I had to make a bad move. Yeah, it's like no, you you are lazy. You mm-hmm. are, un, you know, you lack honor. Like yeah. you're out for yourself. You're not a team player. You know, um, but at the same time, 
make it doing the right thing is hard. It's not an easy decision. Yeah, right. It's but that's, not easy. That's the distinction between someone who who has honor, who has integrity, and someone who doesn't. Yeah. And like you choose to do the things that are difficult because that's the good thing to do. That's the thing you're supposed to this do. This cat went out of his way to do the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it was a bad enough situation as it was, but it was bad for everybody. Yeah. It wasn't good for anybody. And exactly. if there are other people who are willing, like this dude was twisting and taking advantage of anything he could do. Yeah. You know? So... You I did a good job making you hate this. Guy. I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting if you if you try to play devil's advocate and you say here's here's a man who is here's John Fitzgerald here's a man who is so afraid that he's not going to survive this experience that he goes to like truly awful deplorable lengths to make sure that he perseveres that he is okay. So his version of endurance and how he survives mm. is like. Um, that's not okay. That is the but that is the polar opposite of what Leo goes through. Yeah, the way that he survives, right? So in effect, what ends up taking place is this movie sets the stage for I think one of the most remarkable revenge stories. Revenge, survival, yeah, um, and like was revenge, revenge and survival. Yeah, because yeah. Um, it, it it really is when you go into like what's the what's the storyteller telling us? Um, I was having this conversation earlier today. You have a lot of people who say, "Oh well, I can't because of X Y Z." The truth of the matter is, a lot of times it's I don't want to. I don't want to. It's not that I can't. It's that I don't feel like it. I prefer not to. Yeah. I prefer this instead. Yeah. But it's not necessarily I can't. No, you identify the obstacle that seems like it's big enough to stop you, and you just decide uh, it's big enough. Yeah. But that's like that. I think you're right. You're, you're so right. That's usually not true. Like, yeah. if you wanted this, you get over it. Now, we don't want to go as far. And I think that this, this story does a good job of communicating. It does not, like... Will and desire and pushing through does not equate ease because we have some people who lack, you know, compassion. I'm going to just say it. Stacy Dash who make oh. their Stacy Dash comments <laughs> and go, oh, I don't know what the problem is. All you have to do is X, Y, Z. It's easy. Like, no, nah, 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 no, nah. no, that's not what I'm saying. So when we look at, you know, Hugh Glass's character, we see someone that goes, this is hard. Everything is against me. I just mm. put gunpowder in my neck oh and my God, lit it lit on it fire. Just to cauterize his wound. And I passed out. Oh, my that's God. That's not easy. That's a huge, that's a huge barrier to overcome. Mm. But the mentality goes, I choose to keep pressing forward. Yeah. You can't let that be the thing that makes you go, well, there are these barriers in my way. And if... If it was meant to be, then there'd be no barriers. Let me ask you this. What drove his character to survive in the way that he did? What drove him? I think that's a thing that... <sighs> was it his will to survive? Like, I deserve to live, and so I will. I will. Let, was, let, it, was it seeking justice? Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. I don't know that I can answer that question. And here's where I'm coming from with that because I don't know where it comes from in me sometimes. Okay. There's times where you look the monster in the eye and you go, I'm going to die. Yeah. Fear takes over everything in you and mm -hmm. you go run mm -hmm. and something 
makes you go forward anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily something you can go, and I'm the baddest there is, and I just did it. It's like sometimes you just, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're crazy. I don't know if you, it's arrogance or pride yeah. or, you know, it's belief in God. I mean, it's a mixture of all kinds of things. Yeah. But I know that it's not necessarily something that I can put my finger on yeah. and go, this is it, because I'm a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that takes me through. Mm-hmm. I'm also, I also think I'm really smart. Yeah. And sometimes I think I can outwit the person. I think I'm really strong. I think really highly of myself. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. You know, I'm a very complicated individual, but, but I can say there's times specifically when I'm working out where you're like, I got to stop. Mm-hmm. I have to stop. And then something else kicks in and goes, one more, mm-hmm. two more. And I think what it is, it's coming to me now. It's success be- gives you confidence. Yeah. You take that step in fear, but you have the courage to press on anyway, and you don't die. Yeah. And you go, well, if I can take this one. What about the next one? I can probably take another one. Yeah. And it hurts, but you're not dead. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, that wasn't so bad, you know, and you take another one and you take another one and then something hits you, you know, and I also think you have to learn how to suffer. I think a lot of people don't know how to suffer. You have to learn how to fail. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to fail. You have to learn how to get it wrong. That's interesting. Like people who are used to succeeding and succeeding and succeeding and succeeding a lot of people don't know how to lose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't know how. So I don't know if that answers the question, but I think I, I think there's, if we look at this character, I think in his mind, he's probably like, I'm going to die. Yeah. This bear is going to maul me to death. Yeah. You know? But he probably cauterizes his wound and goes, I might die. And he woke up and was like, I'm not dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? So. Well, that's the thing. The, I, I guess part of the reason why I ask is, it seems like, in my mind, his character gets mauled by a bear. He gets utterly destroyed, and there's there's a possible uh, a possibility that he would just he's just going to kick it, right? Yeah. Like it would be it's, this would be understood. I would understand if you passed, yeah. Like because well, I don't know how you would do anything else. I don't know how you get out of this situation. Yeah. You're wrecked. There's no doctor in sight. Nobody's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but once, what ends up happening is he survives just long enough to see some horrific injustice take place and to lose a part of his, his, his life, his heart, and see his son be murdered in cold blood. And something kicks in that says, I'm not going to die until the person who did this pays. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, an, it, it goes into an overdrive. There was a different kind of incentive that is present now where it's like, this... It maybe maybe he didn't allow himself to die immediately after the attack because he he was already fearing what would happen to his son in this group of people mm-hmm. who didn't really care for him so much. Mm-hmm. And who's going to know? So you know maybe there's this like protective spirit because he is a father and he he, he was clearly a, he was taking care of his son and he was a little strict, a little harsh to make sure that he was protecting his kid. Mm-hmm. You know when they're on the boat. And they're like cruising down there and he's saying like, get, get down, make sure your head's down, like take care of yourself. Don't be yeah. so foolhardy. Don't get into fights. Yeah. Don't argue with people. Everybody wants you dead. 
don't ask for it. I yeah. want you to run. Yeah. So I feel like there's this special drive, this special incentive that caused his character to keep it going. Yeah. Like something that uh, sometimes I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure what that would be for me. Like if I was in that situation, would it be easy for me to just be like, this is rough. Blech. I'm dead. <laughs> well, I, 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 as I'm thinking about this and, it's hard for me not to put myself in situations that I'm looking at in the story. Yeah. You know, you look for a character and like, oh, by the way, Internet, how are you doing with um, looking for bad guys that you can see yourself in? See, how's that going for you? Um, you just drop that right in there. <laughs> just drop that right in there. Yeah. Like, can you can you relate to Tom? Do you see a little bit of a Tom Hardy's character in you? Maybe. Yeah. There's self-preservation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know I see some of him in me. Sure. I could be like, yo, I see how on the right slash wrong day under the right slash wrong circumstances. Yeah. I'm Tom Hardy in yeah. this movie. I mean, that's me. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know. I um, see his unseemly facial hair in me. I'm like, that's yeah. what, is that what it's like? Yeah. Is that what it looks like? <laughs> she, is that me? <laughs> um but um, I, I I can't see that without looking to God and going like, without God I can't move on. Mm-hmm. I can't go forward. It, the the strength is not within me, mm-hmm. you know. Because I think scenarios like not like that, but scenarios in my life where I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. I'm like, I got nothing else left. And like I said, something else kicks in. Like you are not, it's not like, oh, I'm lazy. Uh, I don't feel like it's like you've given it all you got. Yeah. And then something else happens. Like, where, what is that? Where's that come from? Yeah. Like, there's got to be something greater than me here, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that's one of the things I definitely think about, you know? And that can come through everything from someone saying an encouraging word to you to, you know, almost something that feels supernatural happening, mm-hmm. you know, because there's all kinds of stuff like you almost get hit by a car. Like what made you look to the left? Mm-hmm. Like what made that happen? Yeah. You know, because that could have been me. You know what I mean? Like, or why, you know, why did I survive? Like you can't. In in humility, which you're seeing yourself rightly, you can't explain it through your own ability because I should be dead. Mm-hmm. I should have failed. I should be the loser here, but I'm the winner. Yeah. You know, like there's got to be something else going on. I've been I've been watching a lot of the show The Leftovers. Uh, oh. I just I just finished season two. Oh, did you watch that? Yes. Okay. I've been watching season two. I just finished season two. That's all there is now. The, like the, I know they got renewed for a third season. I'm so happy about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as, as you were speaking, I'm thinking one of the things that I liked about that show is how... Spoilers. Spoilers. But I'm not actually going to spoil it. But how characters come to terms with not having answers mm. and there's a level of acceptance there. Like, I, I don't have any answers. I have nothing. I'm like, I have no idea why this has happened. I've been trying to figure out why this is happening for a long time. Mm. It's been stressing me out. It's been yeah. putting me through the ringer. Yeah. And at a certain point, I am delivered on the other side and I realize I still don't have other, I, I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay, I'm good. See, that's a, uh, and that's important to me. That, that, that validates me because I, I, I can be in that. Sometimes I stress about it a yeah. lot, but I, I, I found comfort in seeing other people say like, I don't know. And that's one of the things that I see the internet 
not do. Mm-hmm. The internet knows everything. Yeah, well, it's they all impulse. Everything. It's all impulse. Like it's it, absolutism. It, it's immediacy. It's urgent. Right, faux urgent. They know guilty. They know innocent. Mm-hmm. They know all right. They know all wrong. They can read intentionality into everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there comes a time in your life where you gotta go. I am not God. Mm-hmm. I am not all knowing. I am not all powerful. I am not everywhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my intentions are not all good. And there's a point where you got to go. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the answer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's humility. Like I said, I, I always say on this podcast, humility is seeing yourself rightly. Yeah. And when you see yourself rightly, you are a flawed, awesome, and not so awesome, great and not so great person all at the same time yeah yeah you know you're not all terrible and you're not all you know perfect yeah but you have an awareness of yourself and like the different versions of yourself yeah right and i I think that's important and they relating to relating to the movie i mean i i think I think the Revenant doesn't necessarily show that spectrum of like awareness. Like sometimes I'm not awesome. Sometimes I am awesome. It just shows like very, very primal. I have to live. Yeah. I don't have anything beyond that. Yeah. I have to live. Yeah. That is it. And I think that there is a level to where when you are at your wits in and you're at the end of the rope, that's where you really see who you really are. Uh-huh. You know, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then it happens, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you love that person? And shit hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? Are you still it's a like, fan? It's like, I'm, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. I need this. Are you? You know what I mean? Like, that's when you really see what someone's about. Yeah. You know, you tough, you this, you that, and somebody does that thing. Yeah. It's like, how tough are you? You know? And I think that's what this talks about. If anything, it's something that would probably help have people who at least have an eye to see would look at this movie and go, man, when I'm faced with the worst thing in the world, yeah, you know, and like I said, I'm a man of faith, so there's no getting away from it. I have to look at this through my worldview. I look at martyrs, Mm -hmm. people who go, I love Jesus. It's like, well, say, say Caesar's Lord or I'm cutting your head off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Caesar's Lord. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah. Like, or it's like, no, kill me. Okay, we're going to cover you in wax and light you like a candle. Caesar's Lord. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or, sure. nah, light me. We're going to feed you to the lions. Yeah. Feed me to the lions. You know, that's where you really see, like, who are you really? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that you bring it up in your worldview because I'm, I'm not confident that I saw, like, a, a depiction of faith in, uh, in The Revenant. The, yeah. There, there was a lot of spirituality, but it, it actually comes to the second thing, the second message that I think the, the movie was delivering, which was the, the faith of, of nature. Explain right? that to me. M- meaning, like, the world is happening, and you're a part of it, hmm. right? And things are going to kill you. People are going to kill you. You are trying to survive. Mm-hmm. This is the order of of the world. Mm -hmm. You are going to endure it and it is going to nourish you. It is going to destroy you and it is going to heal you. Hmm. Right? Like you, you are a piece of the world. Hmm. You are, you are in this system and uh, I systems, not even the right word. Cause that seems like it's so clinical, but it's a like, 
this movie gave me a sense of the world and and in this natural order mm-hmm. and the way that people decide or maybe not the way but like the the depiction of someone deciding i'm not i'm just not going to be taken down by it i'm mm-hmm. going to keep thriving i'm going to keep flourishing kind of like kind of like um dominion maybe kind of like the order of things yeah like okay you know well one i think <laughs> It's interesting, like the point, because I'm sitting here looking up in the sky like, wow, I didn't even look at it like that. Like this mentality that I'm unbeatable and it's all about me. Yeah. You get caught out in the middle of the wild with a giant bear in snow and freezing temperatures, you're going to recognize how much the world yeah. don't revolve around you. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, we're going like, yeah, but this ain't going to take me down. In a know? way, in a way, a part of me thinks that this movie was... was uh offering this this depiction of a scale this like this mm. this natural scale and it was like that's actually okay. that's a really a great great point right and things things need to balance out right and so when something uh here you are here you are humans people foraging around in the forest whatever right and uh an actual creature that lives in the forest decides like nope you're not supposed to be here take you out right. scales tip in in one direction yeah and then maybe this is how it's supposed to go on uh, how it's supposed to be but then, uh, then there's murder and cold blood. This, mm-hmm. this, this is like, okay, tip scales in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And now you need to stay alive so you can balance that out. Mm-hmm. And it like throughout the movie, you, you see this person who is just trying to like be on this scale and like ba- get back to this balanced state. Mm-hmm. And I think about that because it, the movie at its forefront, it's, I mean, it's a really gorgeous uh, version of just the world, like a really hard world, but a yeah. beautiful one. Like every every tundra they showed us, every every time you saw this this field of snow and ice and a river. You know think about that, how gorgeous that was, and then think about like what it feels like to be a part of that and having to survive that. And like that's not gorgeous. That's a that's a. I, when I know what I see in my mind, I see that shot where the camera's kind of panning around and you see how huge this like area that he's covering in mm-hmm. on foot mm-hmm. and he's kind of tr- you see this tiny little speck of a person walking through this huge snow and it looks beautiful yeah. and horrifying at the same time yeah. it's yeah. a beautiful shot but then you're like this guy is walking yeah you don't even want to walk down the corner yeah you know what I mean? In the rain. It was, before we even did this, I mean, I got a sandwich next door. And I thought, man, I got to walk outside for this. <laughs> and then I was thinking, we're going to talk about The Revenant. And I'm here saying, like, I'm cold. Right. <laughs> like, really? Right. I'm going to pull that? You didn't have to kill a bear to put your hoodie on. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? No, no, no. I Leo had to hunt and gather. You were wearing a bear. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Well, one of us in this room is wearing a bear. Right. Bear fruit. I could relate. I'm like, yeah. Man, I wear a bear every day, man. So I, that, that, that struck me. This, this movie uh, presented me with this duality, right, of, of the world, of nature, of, of, of the world with us, people, and without us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was, yeah, maybe it wasn't a message, but it gave me a feeling. Like, yeah. Wow. That's what good oh, art's wow. supposed to do. And I think that... Um, that's what's great about storytelling, and I definitely think that this movie should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I think Leonardo DiCaprio should. I think the director should. Yeah. You know, I totally think that these performances are some of the best performances that I've seen all year. And I, I have... Sure. 
a huge respect for the actors for the and not just the actors the production crew like any single person who is working on this film and a part of those difficult circumstances i know they were they were like okay well the luxury of art right yeah but like the, these people made something that was really incredible and they I know they worked like hell to do it. And I know that they suffered to do it. And it takes some kind of conviction to pull off what they made. Yeah. Um, I have so much respect for that. For them to not be honored in some way is like, what? Yeah. What? Now, you know what? This, this, this does take, take Lisa in my mind into the Oscar conversation that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, and this is something that we wanted to talk to speak about a little bit at least yeah. because you know in geek culture movies is such a huge part of it you know and you know like the big conversation that's going on right now is the hashtag oscar so white thing yeah you know yeah um out of the 40 i believe best male performance best female performance best you know supporting male supporting female performance everybody's white yep all of them Everybody's white. Yeah. The only brown person that's been nominated, I believe, is Inuritu uh-huh. as the, you know, best director, mm-hmm. you know, and um, this conversation is one that the whole internet has something to say. When you, when you find this out, like when the, the list of nominees is made public... And you you start hearing, and I'm saying, I'm asking you, Octavius, uh, you, you start hearing some chatter, some people saying like, no, here it is again. Here we go. Oscar's so white. Which, by the way, they, I mean, the hashtag's not new. That's from previous years. Um, what's going on in your mind? Well, what's going on in my mind is there's a lot that goes in this conversation. So I look at it like this. What, you're, what, I, what I hear is 365 days have gone by. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying to me is nobody brown Mm -hmm. in 365 days in Hollywood has done anything in the top percentile that needs to be discussed. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. Yes. Now, there's a couple different angles we can look at as to why there's something wrong with that, but that... The 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 per, like, we don't live in an all white world. Yeah. So how does that work? Mm-hmm. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Either a you're wrong, you're missing some performances, or b why aren't there any performances that have been given? Why aren't there any opportunities given to people to do these performances? Because if the whole world ain't white. I, Statistically, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't make seem sense. like it makes sense. Like, no. how does this work? Like, no. something's wrong here. Yeah. You know? Like, how is that possible? Yeah. How do you walk into a company and everybody's white? Is the whole world white? Yeah. Well, if the whole world's not white, but it wh- seems what's like it's, it feels like a reflection of people who, who want the whole world to be white. It feels like, like, well, this is what we're going to present to the world. Like, here it is. Here's what the world looks like. These are the people who are doing everything the best. These are the best people who work in this industry. Mm-hmm. And we have decided that all of them should be white because we want that to continue. And that's, what the, that's the, the feeling that I get when there's a response from uh, the Oscar like, board, the Academy. And they're like, yeah, you're right. We can do better than this. I'm like, <laughs> Bullshit. 
But this is not the first time this has come up as a conversation. What do you mean you can do better than this? Like when you're going to take an opportunity to think like, I should stop doing what I'm doing, period, and let somebody else do it. Because that's the problem. Because you're a part of a community who has dictated who's allowed in and who stays out. Maybe the community who dictates that has to change completely. Maybe that, that community, the, the protectors of who's in and who's out, has to be raised to the ground so there are other people, not just one token black person who's going to be like, no, we're diverse. We brought in one black person into the board. Yeah. Not just one. I'm talking a true reflection of the world yeah. that exists and allow those people to tap their communities and allow those people to look at performances that inspired them, that they saw themselves in. Yeah. And have them make decisions for a white person in the academy to say, you know what? I can do better than this. You know how you do better than this? Step away and have somebody who has a, a voice that needs to be louder than yours. Take your spot. Because like, so I found out some statistics and I don't have them like memorized, but it's something like the large majority of the people on the academy who people who make the votes are white. The large majority of them are male. The large majority of them are like in their 60s. Huh? Yeah. Huh? What? But they like... It, <laughs> okay, it's making sense now. Yeah. Does that know? not look like a curated group of people? Like this is what I picked them to look like. Mm-hmm. This is what they look like. They're older. They're, they're regal. They're white people. And that's going to fit the standard. We're just going to say this is what it looks like all the time. There it is. Yeah, and now, now, now here's what this doesn't do. This doesn't say that The Big Short was not an amazing movie that I saw. No, this week. without a doubt, without a doubt, The Big Short was amazing. The Revenant was amazing. Mad Max Fury, Fury Road, awesome. Sylvester Stallone did a great job in Creed, but so did Kugler in directing it. Yeah, not to you mention, know what I'm yeah, I mean, like Michael B. Jordan is not. In the list anywhere. He, he should, I don't think he should be. I thought he did an excellent job. I thought he did an excellent job, but he... See, here's the thing. Like, here's what I don't want to do. Uh, I, this is my opinion. Should straight, is straight out of Compton on the same level as The Revenant? No. Well, no, it's not. But I, I, this is my opinion. This is me. This is Octavius as a person who watches movies and, you know, yeah, the sure. same guy who just sure, told sure. you guys that he didn't like Star Wars and New Hope. So let's, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> just to give you reference here, I'm calling a spade a spade, you know? Like, but do, you know, do I, like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I understand. And it, I like, I want to say that I, it's, it's not fair to, it's not fair for anyone to pander to a movie like Straight Outta Compton and say, you know what, we put this movie in here because this is the this is the token black movie, right? Right. And it's not fair for anybody to say we like quote unquote change our standards of who's going to be accepted because we got to make sure that we represent more people than just white people, mm-hmm. right? That's not fair. But I think it, we're only looking at this at one branch, like the the people. The people who are in control only look at this at one branch, which is who do we allow into the Oscars? Who do we allow into award territory? I thought that Spike Lee made a great point. Spike Lee's point was this goes back yeah. into who who is green lighting what's even being made. Who is approving of the movies that are being made? Who, is, who, who are the studios making decisions on casting? Yeah. Who's offering movie uh, uh, money to uh, directors? 
of color. Uh, I mean, like this is, that's why I'm saying it's, it's not just the award ceremony. This is like the culmination. I mean, like, yeah. uh, well, we just got the census in and yep, we're still racist. I'm like, <laughs> that's all it is, you know? And it's not like this, that is, that is a culmination. That is this aggregate of the whole year of, like you, you said right off yeah. the bat of 365 days. We like, we collected 365 days worth of data. As far as movie goes, and movies the best go. people who made anything were white. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Or, or the only people who made anything worthy of honoring this year were white people. Yeah, it's like you got, like I said, if you got a bag of Skittles and they were all red, you would go, huh? Wait a minute. I thought you told me to taste the rainbow, bro. You didn't tell me to taste the red Jones. Seriously, think, think, listen, listen to what I'm saying to you. You get a bag of M&Ms. They're all blue. You'd go, oh my God! You'd go. Wait a minute! Can you imagine this? Can you? Think you guys only make blue M and M's now. Picture this. Here's the re- here's the response. Mars Company, candy company. They're mm-hmm. like, you're right. We can do better. <laughs> we just release a new one. Okay. We embrace diversity. We we just release a new bag M and M's. Here it is. You pop it open. It's all blue. There's one little red one in there. Yeah. I'm like there it is. Look at that. Look at that diversity. <laughs> one brown M and M. It's like, come on, player. But, like, I mean, it, this sounds like a silly analogy, but you got to think about how That's, you would actually respond. That helps visualize. If, if you got to, you know, think about candy. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was all one color. When you know for a fact that there are all different flavors yeah. and kinds. So you would go to the company who makes these and goes, who's making the decisions of like, let's look at your production. Like, how do you determine what the percentage of this and that that goes into each bag? Because, you know, I'm getting all black licorice, you know what I'm saying? And black licorice to me is the worst flavor one. So like, (laughs) like, why is that? Cause I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, you know, I, I feel like this is, this is, this can't happen again, right? Like, I mean, I'm, you know, well, I'm saying this as a person who has has very little decision other than like I, I can tweet the things that I tweet, I talk to the people that I talk to, yep. I share the messages that I share, and I, I boost the voices of the people that I believe need to be mm-hmm. voice, uh, boosted. I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not greenlighting movies. I am deciding what movies I see with my money. That's yep. true. But the movies that I want to see have Gods of Egypt. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> now you gone made me feel guilty about going to buy a ticket for that because I like I can't have that. No, it's all I mean, Gods of yeah. Egypt is like a Trojan horse, right? Where you make something like that, it, it is so terrible. It we, was, we haven't even seen it yet, but I just know the idea of it is very interesting to Man, me. Man, what if it blows our mind? Hey, look, what if it makes a statement? And you're like, wow. I mean, I'm anything like wow. And I had them like, wow, cup of dirty. Yeah. Uh, oh, what if they pull a future on us? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, this is the tip of the iceberg. There needs to be more inclusion for everyone. There needs to be more, more people of color. There need to be more, uh, diversity in gender and sexual orientation in, in not just a black person, a white person in like, Everybody, everybody needs a fair shot. Everybody needs because a fair they're shot. All, and I, I, I don't know if I said it on this podcast or I was saying it to somebody else, but I feel like you're robbing us of stories. Yeah. 
Like, story, you know, like, like, who, like how are we going to keep retelling the same stories from the perspectives of just the white people? All, <laughs> all of these cultures have all these different stories. Like God made div- God is made diversity on purpose. You know what I mean? We're sure. all different for a reason. We all sure. have a different perspective. We all have a different story. And if you're a fan of stories like we are, you want to hear all these different stories. That doesn't mean you're going to like them all, mm-hmm. but why do you keep telling me the same stories? And we're in a time period of, you know, relaunches and reboots. Like there's Ninja Turtles 2 and Transformers 27 and, mm-hmm. you know, Batman v Superman's coming out. So we're not complaining about that. But at the same time, you know, everybody's not white, straight, and male. Yeah. Everybody's not Christian. Yeah. You know, like I want to hear those stories too. Don't mean I got to agree with them. Yeah. But I can receive a certain level of enjoyment from yeah. a good story. Isn't worldliness and to see what other people are thinking. And you're robbing me of the opportunity to hear those stories and have that enjoyment if you keep deciding, well, I don't think people really want to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like I've had conversations about hip hop. How come how come the music da 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 it's like because they're different from you. Yeah. They come from a different place. Life is not the same to them. Yeah. Their music's not going to sound like your music because they're not you. Yeah. So if you don't like their music, that's fine. You that's don't have it. to like it. It doesn't matter. But I'm not the biggest fan of country either. Nobody's yeah. censoring that. Yeah. You know, I don't have to like country. Yeah. But you should still be able to make the music that represents where you come from. Mm-hmm. So I think Revenant. Definitely Oscar worthy. However, I have a hard time swallowing the fact that the only things that are Oscar discussion, not necessarily Oscar worthy, but Oscar nomination worthy, the only thing that are Oscar nomination worthy are white. Something ain't right with that. Something's definitely wrong. As far as the Oscars go, uh, are you going to watch the Oscars? Are you going to watch the Academy Awards? Yes. And how, how, how are you feeling when you're watching it? Because um, I'm thinking of, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith, who, you know, recorded a video and said, nope, protest, I'm not doing this. Now, I think there's a difference between protest and a choice. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, I could be wrong, the internet will correct me, I believe Spike Lee said, I'm going to the Nick game, I'm not watching. Yeah. I believe um, Jada said, or, or, or he said, I'm going to the Nick game, I'm not going. Yeah. Jada said, we won't be attending. We won't be attending. You know what I mean? And she directed it specifically at Chris Rock. Um, but it was like, much love, mm-hmm. hey, do y'all thing. We ain't going to be there. Yeah. You know? And I get that. Now, I know there are other people who have said boycott. Other people from the black community have been like, yo, Chris, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Now, here's my thing. Adam, you know this about me. Mm-hmm. We talked about Stacey Dash. Yeah. And we were texting like, man, Stacey's wild. And your perspective was... Disconnected. I, I wouldn't... You, I think you were saying something like... I wouldn't even talk to her. Yeah, yeah. My my perspective of uh, on Stacy Dash, who who by the way, just like a primer, Stacy Dash says BET. There's no need for BET. There's no need for the NCAA. Or NCAA. <laughs> she hates <laughs> college sports. Out. She hates college sports. <laughs> sports. Get rid of it. Um, is she uh, NAACP. Yeah, the NAACP. Thank you. Black uh, History she, Month. No BET. She 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 believes that, uh, or at least she purports. 
or performs under this belief that having this deliberate seg- like separation where uh, uh, black people have things to celebrate mm-hmm. for themselves, by themselves, with themselves, with their community, she believes that that is something that extends racism, that allows it to continue mm-hmm. because it, you know, it, it, it points to the reality in which we are separated, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I, 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 Adam Tedderus, do not celebrate uh, MLK Day the same way that uh, someone uh, of, of color would, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. it's, and that is, th- there's a lot to talk about as far as that goes, but I think it's really important that those institutions exist to take care of those communities because they don't have. They they historically haven't had opportunities to be together, to be loud, to be uh, recognized, to be realized, mm-hmm. right? To be regarded yeah. highly. And Stacey Dash goes on television and says, get, get those, make them go away. We don't need that. We're over that. And this yeah. is the thing that she says. She says, we don't need it anymore. We don't need it anymore. And in my opinion, I don't want to engage with a person who has that thought process right. because... And this comes from a place of even the way that I was exposed to this. Mm-hmm. She's on Fox and she's on television and she's aware of the fact that she's being seen by many and she's saying these things to get people like lit up. And in my brain, I reason that this is a person who made a very deliberate decision for how she was going to present okay. her opinion. Mm-hmm. Her opinion is, is offensive to me. And the way that she said, uh, decided she was going to uh, like put it uh, into the world mm-hmm. was one that seeks attention. Everybody pay attention to this. I got something important to say. Right. And for me, the thing that I do not want to do is feed that. Right. So if I were in a room with that person, man, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say your name. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say your name. Now, but I know we have a different idea of how this works. Yeah. So now you asked me, you were like, you, you know, we were texting like, yo, man, I wouldn't even say nothing to if her. If you had the opportunity. You to asked, t- yeah. You if asked you were me, in the room with her, what would you do? And the reason, okay, so I'll answer that. And the reason why I bring that up is because it connects to the Chris Rock thing. Mm-hmm. My mentality, if Stacey Dash was sitting in front of me and she said those things, mm-hmm. I would 100% lean in and go, tell me more. Yeah. Explain to me, where are you coming from? What do you mean? Like, I, w- I, don't, I wouldn't run from that engagement. Yeah. I wouldn't run from the engagement because she disagrees and she's offending me. Or I would let her know she's offending me. And I would let her know I disagree. But I would genuinely be like, let's engage. Mm-hmm. Let's engage in, not in combat, <laughs> but let's engage yeah, in yeah, conversation. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Now, I say not in combat because I'm not about to have an argument. Yeah. I'm not going to have no foolish knucklehead, young bull, back and forth thing. I'm not doing that. Oh, you're smarter than that. You know you're not going to go into a situation where you persuade her by getting but I, up. But I genuinely would be like, please, I want to engage you yeah. because I feel like you're wrong. And in order to have an exchange of ideas, not to win you over to show you how I'm right, but I think we need to press in and engage. Yeah. So when it comes to Chris Rock, do I think that he should do it? I'm like, yes, press in, engage. You have a huge platform a to address audience. this. That's how I'm feeling. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get why people are going, don't do it. Take a stand. Okay. 
I understand that. Yeah. And I have buddies who have done work in Hollywood and they go, they change my scripts, they change my characters, I'm not writing anymore. Mm. You know, or I'm not acting anymore, or I'm blah, blah, blah. And I get where you're coming from. However, I'm the kind of person that goes, I want to stay around, I want to engage for the hope that I can be an influencer. Yeah. So that's how I see it. And I, but I, I agree with you because I think Chris Rock as the host of, of the Oscars, has an opportunity to address... It's not even the elephant in the room, right? Like, the elephant in the room is, like, something we don't talk about. But, like, he's going to address head-on the thing that everybody's talking about. He's in charge of the show, and he's going to decide the jokes that he makes, the, the observations that he makes, the things that he wants people to confront, right? Because he's the guide for the entire show. He's the MC. He's the host. Yeah, and I think that is this like incredible opportunity for him to say, um, "This is all wrong. All of this is wrong. Hey, this is wrong. This is real bad. Not good at all." Right? Well, from what I understand, he re he redid his material. Yeah, like he's with his writers, and he's like redoing his whole thing now. Yeah. So I'm definitely watching. Not that I wasn't going to watch before, because I'm I'm a lover of movies. I want to see who won. Yeah. You know. And I think it's possible, I'll put it like this, I think it's possible to have a sandwich and have lunch with somebody you don't agree with. Yeah. So, I think it's totally possible for me to, you know, watch the Oscars and at the same time be like, this is wrong, but I'll still have a sandwich with you and, you know, yeah. talk with you about it. Yeah. Now, when you, you know, knock my sandwich off the table and spit in my face, <laughs> now we got a problem. I have to knock you You lean down. in, you say... Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Why'd you do that? Yeah. No, That's intimidating. I think, we, I think we might be past that at that point. <laughs> Knock my whole sandwich on the table? Are you crazy? I guess, you know, it, the, 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 the reason that this conversation is interesting to me is because I, I feel as though somebody like Chris Rock has an opportunity to use the microphone to boost his voice, to boost a collective voice, and to make people be more present. Right. And that to me is a good thing. Someone like Stacey Dash has an opportunity to make her voice more present. Uh, and that to me is a dangerous, not great thing. Like well, you, I, you should just get off the mic. And maybe the way that I get you off the mic is by not engaging with you and choosing to, look, if I want to have a conversation with you, it's not going to be recorded. Right. I want to have a conversation with you. That's yeah. never going to be on air yeah. because I don't want to feed into the thing that you've created mm -hmm. for yourself. And this is the same way that I feel about, I mean, if we're going to, it's not even political. I was going to say if we're going to get political, but this is not political. When you have a person like Donald Trump who has people who pay attention to him mm -hmm. and uh, people who go to rallies for him and support him and watch him on television and goof about him and joke about him on the internet. I'm like, that plays into a world that he's creating. Right. And it's, it's becoming an unwilling participant in the thing that is making this succeed for him. And I choose to, not, I don't want to participate there. I, I, will, I will work twice as hard to make my guy have a, a stronger voice, a louder voice. But I, I, I do, I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you. Because mm -hmm. I, I, do, I do believe you want me to engage because you want to... It, it, it doesn't even matter what gets said at that mm -hmm. point. It's an argument. That's it. Yeah, there's certain things that I'm not going to... There's certain conversations I'm not going to have on, on, in a public forum mm -hmm. that I will have in private. Yeah. Um, because this conversation is not 
for entertainment's sake. Yeah. You know, this conversation is because I genuinely care for you. Yeah. You know, and I want to engage with you. So, yeah. But, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast for us to be able to break down the geek culture in a way that talks about how it affects our lives. Yeah. Well, that's why I think... I think this year, 2016, well, 2015 and and now going into 2016, there's so much happening in our world. There's so much like unbalanced scale uh, and injustice and uh, trauma and struggle in the real world that I am in a weird way genuinely interested to see uh, become reflected in, in like comics right? Like new stories that are coming out, like Dark Knight, Dark Knight 3 is is already pretty Delayed. quickly making a statement on... Delayed. Like police presence, though. That first issue of Dark Knight 3. Like there's a lot yeah. going on there. Yeah. You know, and it's informed by where we are, surveillance state, and like whether or not cops are being brutal and mm-hmm. like chasing people down who don't deserve it. And like here comes the Dark Knight to protect somebody who shouldn't be chased down right. by the cops. Or right? right. you don't get to be that the authority who takes somebody down like that. And, and it could like, inform us more if it wasn't delayed. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't delayed. Yeah, that's true. But you know, but, well, maybe there's, this there's is grace just for them. Maybe is here's here's uh, Brian Azzarello and Frank Miller being like, there's too much for us to reflect. There's too much drama. Right. Like I I have too many. I, I got too much uh, gunpowder to stuff down this barrel. I can't fit it all in. Yeah, I need more time or a bigger barrel. Something. Yeah, but um, I, I say that because I think this is this is an important time now where me and you and comics fans are more a part of the world than we used to be. Nerds rule the world now, and and now we have an opportunity to use our medium to bring things that we're worried about, that we're curious about, that we're confused about, uh, that we feel strongly about. Uh, into a new language, into a new place, into more people's hands, right? Like the comics that I have in my stack are delivered to me and they all have some commentary on the world. Mm-hmm. Whether I even realize it or not, mm-hmm. I'll figure it out at some point. Yeah. But I feel like now is just the best, the best possible time to be a, a nerd, a geek, a comic book fan. Yeah. Apart from the fact that like man thing hasn't been respected in a really long time, probably for like the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the only downside, but everything else, uh, this is a good time to be a fan. It all comes back to man thing with Adam every single time. All right, let's end it with man thing. You know what I mean? Let's end it there. You know what man thing would say? There it is. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> he's, he's got no mouth. <laughs> he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> that's exactly a perfect quote. <laughs> all right. So tell people where they can find you on the internet, Adam. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My name is at. Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. By the same name on Instagram. I post a lot up on Instagram. Uh, I also have a a newspaper that I write short stories for. It is called The Dark Matter Sequential. Uh, You can find that at www.darkmattersequential.com. You know, you know, I I, I emcee burlesque shows, right? You told me. Yeah. I have an X-Men show coming up. The, the uh-huh. Uncanny X-Men uh-huh. and Burlesque, uh, and I will be emceeing the show. My, my alias, my Burlesque alias is Flirt Vonnegut. This it, is a new one. This, that's real. In honor of, of, of the late, great, my favorite author of all time, Mr. Kurt Vonnegut. Uh-huh. So this is me, Flirt 
<laughs> in the flesh. And I'll be very excited to be the MC of the X-Men. I feel like this is what I was born for, right? Like an opportunity to be around beautiful people who will strip to cool music and pretend to be X-Men. Like that's, tell me that when I was in middle school. I that's would, what you wanted to grow up and be? Pop a gasket. I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. But here I am. That's the world. February 21st. Uh, at the uh, at Frankie Bradley's bar in 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 Philly, uh, February twenty first. It's a Sunday, I believe. Mm. Um, I'm very excited about that. That is very relevant. I think comic book I, relevant. X Men uh, on stage. It's going to be good. It's going to be weird. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> All right. Well, what about you? Where do we find you online? Um, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Um, this podcast is a product of Bear Fruit. You can find Bear Fruit on Twitter and Instagram at B3ARFRUIT. Go to bearfruit.com, sign up for our newsletter, go to the store, check out our merch, buy some stuff. I think we have cool stuff. You'll probably think we have cool stuff. Um, if you, <laughs> so, I, I know this. <laughs> if you like this podcast, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Leave us some comments on SoundCloud as well. Um, subscribe, rate, review, share this with somebody. Send us emails at comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. Um, hashtag comicbookjunto on Twitter. Keep the conversation going. Let us know what you thought of The Revenant. Let us know what you thought of the Oscars. Let us know what you thought of our conversation, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to keep being geeks in public. We'll have updates on this, too. I mean, we, I'm, I'm sure we're going to watch the Oscars and be able to talk about what that was like, Yeah, what Chris Rock said, how that worked, uh, whether I'm or not we're, forward to it. we're excited about the people who, who, who take the awards. Um, you know, Jupiter Ascending's not even in there. They got nothing. They ain't got even a nod. Not even for, like, best... Uh, half shirt, wolf, just half shirt wearing uh, B- best use of hover roller skates. All right, that's goes a- to Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like at home, like yeah, he did it. <laughs> that's my dude. We did it. And Eddie Redmayne comes up, accepts the award. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, t- tune in next time uh, when we come back with a uh, comic book Junto. Um, this has been a one shot. We'll come back to a, a, a regular episode, a normal scheduled episode where we talk about comics, latest news and, and, and our pool list. And, uh, we're going to do the, uh, who would win in a fight. Yeah. Who would win in a fight? I think we we decided Wolverine, Deadpool. Yep. Wolverine, Deadpool. Yeah. So look forward to that. We'll, we'll hit you next time. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye.